This afternoon, continuing our studies in the Articles of Faith and looking at the eternal purpose of God, we believe that election, that election is the personal eternal, excuse me, eternal, personal, unconditional purpose of God according to which He graciously regenerates. We looked at regeneration last week. Sanctifies and saves lost sinner. This week we want to look at sanctification or sanctifies. The eternal purpose of God by which He regenerates, sanctifies, sanctifies and saves lost sinners. The word sanctify means to cleanse, to purify, or make holy, set apart. Set apart unto holiness, to Purify, prepare for divine service. In a doctrinal sense, sanctification is the making truly and perfectly holy what was before defiled and sinful. It is in our life, it is progressive. It is the eternal sanctification of God, which took place before the world began. Took place in eternity. Probably the best description of this taking place is found in that familiar portion of Scripture in the book of Romans in chapter Turn with me to the book of Romans in chapter 8. And we know, verse, beginning with verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that are, that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For 
whom he did foreknow. He also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. There is sanctification in eternity. He chose us in love, in intimate love. He predestinated that we be conformed in time to the image of his Son. But he set us apart unto that in eternity before the foundation of the world. So he sanctified us just as he predestinated us to the image of God that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called in time. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And note there that each one of those verbs is in past tense. Denoting that this was all purposed in eternity. Before of the world. Now, our sanctification as in our life after the day of salvation is a progressive work. We are not immediately made holy. We're not immediately made in the image of his son down here but it is a process that takes place in our life so it is a progressive work of divine grace upon the soul justified by the love of Christ get this Sanctification is the carrying on to perfection the work begun in regeneration. <laughs> you see, talking about when we were regenerated, that work which was begun in regeneration is continued on in sanctification and it extends to the whole man. Not just part of the man, but to the whole man. Turn with me to uh, the sixth chapter of the book of Romans. The sixth chapter. And Verse 13. And pretty much most of this chapter deals with our sanctification. Verse 13 says, Neither yield ye your members 
instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That, that yielding ourselves unto God and, and our members as instruments of righteousness unto Him, that is our sanctification. We're sinning less living in the practice of habitual sin, but we sin less, we despise sin more, we hate sin more, and there is more yielding of our members, of our body, of our actions, our doings, our goings, even our thoughts. Yielding them as instruments of righteousness unto God. Don't you find yourself thinking more about the things of God now than you did at the beginning of your salvation? And I know it's hard to to comprehend that because at the beginning, at the very beginning of our salvation, we were so we were so excited. God has saved me. God has saved me. We we were free. Free from that load and that weight of our sin. But we find ourselves now as time transpires and as we grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find ourselves thinking more upon the things of God and, and meditating upon the things of God. And how our life and our behavior, are we bringing honor and glory unto the Lord? The book of John in chapter 17, a verse that we looked at this morning, in this morning's message, John chapter 17 and verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That is, that is means. Here the Lord Jesus Christ is praying to his heavenly Father and he's praying for us. He's praying for those whom he had already come to, that had come to him, those that were already followers of his, but he's also praying for us who had not yet come then, but were to come by the witness of their preaching the gospel. He's praying for us and them that God, the Father, would sanctify. How does he sanctify? Through the truth. And then he says what the truth is. Thy word. <laughs> the word of God is true. That's how we're sanctified. That's how we're brought to that, through that process of, of, of moving from where we first trusted the Lord and we're just babes in Christ and, and, and drinking the, the milk 
the Word, and, and now we've progressed on to the weightier things, the meatier things of the Word of God. And, and He's brought us there through the Word. Through the reading and studying of the Word. Through the preaching of the Word of God. That's why He ordained preaching. He ordained the salvation of souls through preaching, but He also ordained that, that His church would baptize those that were saved. And then continue to teach them the teaching and preaching of the Word of God to them. And thus he gave to his churches pastors who were able to bring us along in building us up in this holy faith. He does that by His Word. Whether it be through our reading and studying of the Word or the preaching of the Word of God. It is the Lord. It is the Lord that sanctifies. Turn with me to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus in 31. And verse 13. Exodus 31 and verse 13 says, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, my Sabbath ye shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that ye may know that I am the Lord. I am the Lord. You might know that I am the Lord that sanctify you. I am the Lord that sanctify you. It is the Lord that sanctifies us. It is the Lord that has set us apart in eternity for Himself, to set us apart unto holiness, set us apart conform to the image of His Son, and it is the Lord that works in us by His Spirit in our life after salvation to bring us along unto that conformity to the image of His Son. It is He that justly separated and distinguished us from the world. He told His apostles in in John chapter 15, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. He said, I've chosen you out of the world. So he has separated us and distinguished us from the world. And because of that, because of that, we ought to keep, well, we ought to keep the Lord's day. 
This is the Lord's day. It is a sign. We read that in, in, in Exodus chapter 33 or 31 and verse 13. It is a sign between me and you. It's, a, it's an appearance between me and you. It's an appearance by where there you know. You know that you're the Lord. There's a distinguishing mark upon you. The distinguishing mark is when, when we get up on the day. In the Old Testament, it was on the Sabbath. It was on the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday. That was in the Old Testament. But Christ from the dead on the first day of the week. And he met with his church on the first day of the week. And he met again the second time on the first day of the week. Commemorating his resurrection from the dead for our justification. We Show that sign by our getting up on the Lord's day and we assemble together on the Lord's day. I'm just going to put this plug in here. You know, I thank God for the technology of our day. For those who are not able, who are not able To come out and to assemble. We have a media through live stream that they can they can view the service and hear the preaching of the word. But it in no wise for us that are able, it in no wise is to take the place of our assembling together. He has commanded us to assemble together. And you know that passage in Hebrews chapter 25. You know the instruction. You know that the apostles met together on the first day of the week. You know that the churches, as they, as they grew and they spread, they met together on the first day of the week. They assembled together. And Paul, in, in the book of Hebrews, is instructing the Jews who were accustomed to it being the Sabbath day. But now is the first day. He admonishes them not to forsake the assembling together. Is the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? He's talking about the day of the Lord. And they met back there 2,000 years ago. They met on the first day of the week.
they were faithful to meet on the first day of the week. There must have been some that were let, letting off because they admonished to not forsake the assembling together as the manner of some is. Some were forsaking to assemble. But how much closer are we today than we were 2,000 years ago to the day of the Lord coming for us? Our meeting together is a sign to the Lord that our heart is with the Lord. And we're going to meet together and we're going to remember what the Lord has done for us. Not only is it a sign to the Lord, it's a sign to the world. It's a sign to the world that we love the Lord. We love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to assemble in His presence. We're going to sing hymns of praise and worship unto Him. We're going to bow in prayer to Him. We're going to look and listen to the preaching of the Word of God. Why? Because our heart is knit with Him. Our heart is in love with Him. He's done work upon this man. He saved me. He born me again. He made a new creature out of me. He changed my desires and my passions. How can I not want to assemble with His people? In His presence. She is designed and ordered for us. Turn with me to the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus. While we're on this thought of it's the Lord that doth sanctify us. Leviticus chapter 20. In verse 8. And ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. You see, it's the Word. He uses the Word to sanctify. He uses the Word to make us. It's in His Word. That we see how God wants us to live. How God wants us to behave. What we're to think. And what we're to do. It's in His Word. Ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord. Which sanctify you. I'm the Lord which makes you holy. I'm the Lord which brings you to perfection. Turn with me to the 21st chapter. In verse 8. 21 and verse 8. Thou shalt sanctify him therefore, for he offereth the bread of thy God. He shall be holy unto thee, for I, the Lord, which sanctify you 
am holy. Think of my serves me correct. This is concerning the priesthood, concerning those that minister before the people, to set them apart for this service, and because they they offered the bread of God to them, the word of God, the, the bread of God. He was to be holy. He was to be holy, righteous in his life and in his deportment. For the Lord which sanctifies you is holy. The Lord which set us apart unto holiness. Can he, can he expect anything less of us? He that is holy, he that is just, he that is righteous, and are set apart for him, set apart for his purpose, set apart for his service. Can we be anything like? And we find it in his word. We find that holiness that He demands of us in His Word. Now granted, a lot of us today are rebelling against it. Rebel against the Word. And we don't want to believe all passages of Scripture that are there. It's a scourge. It's a scourge upon... The Christian's witness, the Christian's testimony. They're losing that, that sign, that appearance of holiness that God demands of His people. In the book of Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Let's read verses 27 and 28 of this 37th chapter. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And the heathen... <laughs> Now know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. How are the heathen to know it is the Lord that doth sanctify, that it is the Lord that doth make holy, it is the Lord that doth make righteous, 
How are the heathen to know it? When my sanctuary dwells in the midst. I ask you today, is the house of the Lord dwelling in your midst? Is it the central focus point on the Lord's day? Is it the focal point on any day of the week? Not just the Lord's day. You see, we come into the house of the Lord to worship the Lord. And we leave here to serve. To serve the Lord in, in love and mercy and compassion. We leave, we leave here to begin to prepare for the next Lord's day. We shall come in and worship the Lord that doth sanctify us. I know. I've been told before. That you're a church freak. And I'm a church freak. I'm a Jesus freak. I wish the last time that I was told I was as much of much of one as I am now. I think you know what I mean. <laughs> the more we grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ought to be progressing. We ought to be progressing in our sanctification. We ought to be progressing in holiness under the Lord. We quit arguing about Scripture. We quit trying to make excuses, saying things like, well, that was... In that day and time, things were different today. How do you know what it was then? What it was then is not like it is today. What they wore then is not the same as what we wear now. Listen, when did we get so smart? When did we get so smart, so intelligent? that we knew more about God's intention for us than He does. You look at the Word of God. What's it say? Look at the Word of God. What's it say? Do it. that point yet? Or are you still making excuses and questions the Word of God? We need to leave off questioning the Word of God. Let the Holy Spirit lead us, guide us, and direct us. And the Holy Spirit will only lead us into holy paths, into righteous paths. And he'll lead us according to the Word of God.
and not according to our own thoughts and our own ideas. Because you understand that God is higher than we are. His ways are higher than our ways. His ways are not our ways. So what do we know? Only what we read in black and white from the Word of God. Turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, in chapter 20. In verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up. The word. Do you understand we have the word of God because of the grace of God? It's God's grace. So it's the word is his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Who are the sanctified? Those who were chosen. Those who were predestinated. Those who were called are now saved. We are the sanctified of God. We are set apart unto holiness. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. Listen to the preaching of the Word of God. It's the means by which God sanctifies our lives, conforms us to the image of His Son. Chapter 26 of Acts. In verse 18. Acts 26, 18. To open their eyes. <laughs> this is what the apostle is, is relating to, to those there that, that that was his ministry. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified. Those who, who have been saved before and have and possessing of that promise of an inheritance, the preaching of the gospel to Gentiles and to Jews was to bring about their salvation to make give them an inheritance among the others that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Here faith is, is said by the preaching of the apostle 
Faith is said to be part of our sanctification, a part of the process of bringing us into conformity to His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Without faith, that process never ends, never happens. So faith is definitely a part of that sanctifying process. Turn with me to the book of Romans. Book of Romans, chapter 15. In verse 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Here, the Holy Ghost is said to continue that sanctifying process, that process. That progressive sanctification. Be instrumental in it. Romans chapter 8, it expounds on the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and directing us. The Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so on and so forth. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y. In other words, all holy. And then he goes on to say what, what he means by that. And I pray God, your whole Spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, not just, just the soul and the spirit that have been sanctified and being sanctified, but it is our body, it is, it is the works which we do, it's the thoughts which we think, it's the words which we speak. And being set apart under His holiness. And yes, one day they're going to lay this body in the grave. That's the process of all men. You're looking in the Old Testament and you go through chapter 5 and you see that Seth begat so-and-so and he died and so-and-so begat so-and-so and he died. And so and so begat so and so, and he died. And so and so begat so and so, and he died. Also, another passage that I just read recently talking about the uh, dukes, uh, the lineage of Esau. In the book of Genesis, and in the dukes that he, and this one reigned, and he died, and then this one reigned, and 
he died, and then this one reigned, and he died. <laughs> it's appointed unto man wants to die. Hebrews 9.27, after this, the judgment, his body's going to be laid in the grave. But it's going to be raised a new body, fitted for eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be raised in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, without sin. That's hard for you and I to imagine. That's hard for you and I to grasp. But this body is, is, is full of sin. But one day it's not going to be. One day it's going to be a new body. It's going to be raised incorruptible and immortal. Turn, uh, turn with me Second Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself, cleanse himself. In this case you think you are free of any obligation in this matter at all. God holds us responsible. Yes, he, he is the one that sanctifies. And any sanctification that takes place, any, any progression in, unto holiness, any being conformed unto the image of his son takes place. It is he that does it. But we are responsible. We are humanly responsible to be working. If a man therefore purge, cleanse himself from these, in the preceding verses, is talking about uh, dishonorable. It's talking about uh, um, which is not honorable, not good under God. Evil, wicked. If a man therefore purge, cleanse himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Let, let's go up a verse. I, I want to get a verse uh, 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of God, Christ depart from iniquity. Let him depart from iniquity. That departing from iniquity is sanctification, which God works in us. We are responsible to do, and as we yield ourselves to do that, God works it in us. Notice verse 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and sil of silver, but also of wood and of 
earth, and some to honor, and some to dishonor. If a man, therefore, purge himself from sin, from iniquity, from that which is dishonorable, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Verse 20. Vessel unto honor. There's honorable vessels. Sanctified and for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Yes, we are responsible to be actively seeking that progression in sanctification. And as it takes place, don't stand and boast in yourself. Look how good I'm doing. Look, look what I've done. No, you boast in the Lord. For it's the Lord that works is in you. He works about His Holy Spirit leading, guiding, directing us in the paths and ways of the Lord. And so we are to yield our vessels, our members, as vessels of righteousness and not vessels of unrighteousness. That was before salvation. Now we are to yield, we're to submit, we're to present our bodies, our members, as instruments of righteousness to God. Shall we 